Doug and Danelle, thank you so much. That song is just perfect for us as we look at the Word of God this morning. Pastor Chad, thank you for your prayer uh, as we prepare our hearts for this important time. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I would invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 54 through 57. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 through 57. We obviously are taking a break from our ongoing study uh, of the Gospel of John this morning. We'll come back to that next week. And I also want to mention, too, if you're here this morning, I know we have people visiting with us here in the auditorium. We probably have people visiting by live stream. We're so glad to have you with us. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in front of you and underneath the chairs. Uh, there are Bibles there, and if you don't own a Bible, uh, you are welcome to take that Bible home with you and keep it. It is our gift to you. But if you're here this morning and you're watching by or you're watching by live stream and you don't even know how to use a Bible, that's okay. We just want you to know that is okay. You can just follow along, listen. You'll be able to pick up on everything. This, of course, is Easter morning. It is Resurrection morning. We had a wonderful Good Friday service uh, on Friday night, and I pray, I pray that all of you have been using this past Holy Week from Palm Sunday to Easter as a time of special reflection uh, and meditation. And if you didn't, I want you to really think about doing that next year. Already start planning for that. I know every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday for the church, but as Pastor Dan mentioned earlier today, in a special way, we remember the resurrection of Christ. I want to read for you 1 Corinthians 15, and I want to read the whole context. So I want us to look at verses 50 through 57, though our focus will be the last four verses. This is what we read. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, says, I tell you this, brothers, and, and let me pause here and just say, Paul is talking about the resurrection body, that when you are a Christian, when you know Christ as Savior and you die, you're given a new, brand new resurrection body and you go to be in the presence of the Lord. And so he says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. And now the section we're going to look at. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Well, our first point this morning is the power of the grave. Although we rarely articulate it this way, the fear of death haunts every person every single day. Whether we admit it or not, there is always this looming fear of dying. And every one of us knows we could die on any given day. We don't know. The Bible says that it is good for us in a healthy way. I don't mean in some morbid way. But the Bible says in a healthy way. It is good. It is good for you to always think about the fact that you are going to die. Let me give you three examples, three verses from Scripture. They're not going to be on the screen. I just want you to listen to them as I read them. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 2, it says, It is better it is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of every man. The living should take this to heart. Death is the destiny of all of us, and the living should take this to heart. In Psalm 89, in verse 48, it says, What man can live and not see death, or save himself from the power of the grave? Who can save himself from the power of the grave? And the answer is no one. No one. In fact, it is from Psalm 89:48 that I got the title for this message, The Power of the Grave. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 it says and just as it is and just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment every single person here every one of us has an appointment with death we do we just don't know when it's going to come Martin Luther the great Protestant reformer who lived and ministered in the 1500s said this he said Every single person is running from the grave. They do everything that they possibly can to keep it out of mind and out of sight. But what they don't realize is they're not running from the grave. They're running to the grave. Until eventually they meet the grave and tumble down into it. His words. Author John Piper says that he believes every person knows deep in their souls. Every person knows that they could die at any time. And so, he says, we have become masters of distraction. We do whatever we have to do to distract ourselves from thinking about our own death. We just keep busy. We work. We're involved in pleasure. We have hobbies. We have obsessions. We have addictions. But we do whatever it takes so that we don't have to think about our own death. This morning I want you to know, and I'm going to repeat this at the end of the message, I want every person here to know the main reason that Jesus came to this earth 
was to give us victory over sin and death and the power of the grave. That's why we're here this morning, because our Savior, Jesus, came to give us victory over sin, over death, and over the power of the grave. At the end of 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul proclaims to all Christians that death is swallowed up in victory. What a great word picture. Death is literally swallowed up in victory, in Christ's victory. Actually, that statement comes from the Old Testament. It is a quote from Isaiah chapter 25 where it says that God will swallow up death forever. What a wonderful thought. God will swallow up death forever. And so in verse 54, Paul writes, when the perishable, these earthly bodies, puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, when we go to heaven in our resurrected and glorified bodies, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. The victory of our Lord Jesus Christ literally swallows up death and our fear of death. In verse 55, Paul says, as if to proclaim to death itself, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? If death has been swallowed up in victory, then death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? It's as if he faces death face to face and asks death the questions. But he reminds us why there must be a victory over death. In verse 56, it says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. The sting of death is sin. It is sin that condemns us. It is because of sin that we die. And I personally believe, based on both the Old and New Testament, that every person, every single person, no matter what title they may give themselves, they may call themselves a secularist, an atheist, an agnostic. They may say, I'm nothing. It doesn't matter. I believe every person knows that they have sinned, that they have done wrong in their lives. And I believe, whether they acknowledge it or not, that they do believe that they will one day stand before God and that there will be a judgment. So apart from Christ, there is this sting. We live our lives with guilt. We live our lives with shame. We live our lives with regret. We live our lives with emptiness. That's the sting of death. 
And folks, there are millions upon millions of people all around the world right now who are living in prisons of guilt and shame and regret, deep regret and emptiness because that's the sting of sin. And the power of sin is the law. The law is referring to the law of the Lord. It is God's perfect, glorious standard of holiness and righteousness. He is morally pure. His standard is morally pure and holy. And we thank him for that, but none of us, none of us can live perfect lives. Oh, we say things like this, I guess I'm not perfect. Oh, you're far more than just not perfect. You are sinful to the core, and so am I. The Apostle Paul who writes this says, I'm the chief of all sinners. And so the law is so beautiful, yet I can't. There is nothing I can do to measure up. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The glory of God is simply the perfect law of God, the perfect standard of God's holiness and righteousness, and we all fall short. I can't. There's nothing I can do to be perfect, to live up to God's standard. Someone, someone must save me. Someone must save me from my own sin. They must save me from me. So what is this victory? If death is swallowed up in victory, what is this victory? Very simply, the victory is this. Jesus died for our sins, for your sins, for my sins. He died in our place and was punished in our place and conquered death for us by rising from the grave. He overcame the power of the grave by rising from the grave. And through his death and resurrection, through Jesus' death and resurrection, he set us free. He set us free from the bondage of sin and declared us righteous before God. So when I came to know Jesus as my Savior, invited him to come into my life as Lord and Savior, I took on the righteousness of Christ. I am clean before God, not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. I stand clean before God because of Jesus. And to every Christian I say this morning, because of Jesus' resurrection, Death is no more. It is no more. We have learned this in the Gospel of John that we have been studying through on Sunday mornings. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Wow. 
I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Because of Jesus' resurrection, death is no more. By faith in Christ, by faith in Christ, we share in his victory over Satan. We share in his victory over death. We share in his victory over hell. We share in his victory over the power of the grave. In Revelation chapter 1, in verses 17 and 18, the Apostle John had this glorious vision of the resurrected and living Christ. And it says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet, though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, for I am the first and the last and the living one. Now notice this. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Jesus says, I died, and behold, I am alive. How long? Forevermore. And I, Jesus, have the keys to overcoming the power of the grave. And so Paul looks death in the faith in the face and says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Death is swallowed up in victory. It leads us to our second point this morning. God gives us victory. The victory we have over the grave is a gift from God that was thoroughly purchased and paid for by our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want every person, whether you're here in the auditorium or watching by live stream, to know that victory over the grave is a gift from God. Jesus thoroughly purchased and paid for our victory. In verse 57, we have one of the great statements in all of the Bible. As Paul says, but thanks be to God. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing I can do to gain this victory. It is not a victory that I gain. It is a victory that has been gained for me. It is not something I do. It is something that has been done for me. So I can't work for this gift. I can't try to live a good enough life and hopefully I'll get this gift. No, there is nothing I can do to pay for or earn this gift. But it is a free gift. Jesus thoroughly purchased and paid for your victory 
and it is a free gift to all who are willing to receive it. It is a free gift. Let us shout it from the mountaintop. It is a free gift. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. It's done, but, but, you must receive it. You must receive it to make it your own. So you say, Pastor Tim, how do I receive this gift? You receive it by prayer. You admit that you are sinful. You are. And there is nothing you can do to save yourself. You admit that. And you admit that you need a Savior. And then you believe. You believe with all your heart that Jesus is that Savior. And that he did. You say, Lord, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose victorious from the grave. And then you come to him. Come to him and receive him as your Savior and Lord. Invite Jesus to come into your life. Pray, Lord Jesus, please come into my life and save me. I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. I want to receive the free gift, the free gift of your salvation. Any day is a good day to receive that gift. But today is especially a good day to receive that gift. There is nothing more important in the world that you could do if you don't know Jesus as your Savior to invite him today to come into your life. Oh, I assure you, he will come. He will. You see, we will spend the rest of our lives thinking about the death or thinking about death and the grave. But whether we run from it or look it in the face with confidence all depends on our relationship to Jesus. Whether you run away from death or look it straight in the face with great confidence, it all depends. It all depends on your relationship with Jesus. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know how I'm going to die. You don't know when you're going to die. You don't know how you're going to die. But we all know this. We are going to die. All of us are. And I want to say, as I said at the beginning, the main reason Christ came into this world was to give us victory over sin and death and the power of the grave. That's why the baby was born in Bethlehem. That's why he lived a perfect life, so that he could die on that cross and pay for your sins be buried, and three days later rise victoriously from the grave so that you as a free gift to be received, that you 
that you could have victory over sin and death and the power of the grave. I believe that Paul probably shouted as he wrote these words, death is swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And then after that, we're going to sing a song, a, a, I think one of the great songs written over the last few years. It's that song, Christ Our Hope in Life and Death. Would you do me a favor this morning? I want you to sing it with all your heart. And I want you to sing it to the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that death has been swallowed up in victory. We thank you that the sting of death and the power of sin have been broken. Thank you that you have given us total, total victory through Jesus. And so we pray in the victorious name of Jesus. Amen.